we are once again. <laughs> they can't stop us. Yeah, no, we 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 persist. We continue. <laughs> Hashtag we persist. Yeah. Uh I've been doing some binge watching. You know, everyone's uh-huh. binge watching because there's nothing else to do. I mean, you yeah. can't go outside. Uh you'll be arrested immediately. So um I've been binge watching, but I've not been binge watching a uh you know television program. Instead, I've been binge watching old strong bed emails. Hang <laughs> That's and cool. they're great. <laughs> I forgot how good they are. And like a lot of them have deeper humor than I remembered when I watched them when I was like twelve or something. There are jokes that I'm like, oh, I get that now. <laughs> I have to this go back because it's been a long time. I mean, I guess I was yeah. older when they came out, so I probably did get them. But probably, yeah. But they're still very good. I mean, the the humor it holds up. They hold up. I'll say that. Now, do I have to reinstall um, Macromedia Shockwave? Uh, yes, and in fact, no, no, they're all on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say most of them are on YouTube. I don't think all of no. them have been have been. Uh, ported over but the vast majority of them have nice so especially most of the especially like the earlier ones it's like the more recent ones that are sort of in bits and pieces but like the good ones are on youtube so it's good they're very good um do you make butt at your current job would you like to make twice butt Oh, um, I've been binge watching. There's a new season of Kim's Convenience, which is delightful. I don't know what that is. Kim's Convenience is a Canadian sitcom. Okay. Um, but it's like a like a. I think it's like a one camera kind of. It's like kind of shot like The Office more. You know, it's like modern. There's no like laugh track or whatever. Uh uh-huh. um, But it's uh, it's about a. Korean family who owns a convenience store. Interesting. And it's it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's it's Canadian, so there's um there's a there's there's some moments where it's like kind of awkwardly like too um like uh what's the not the right word? Serious isn't the right word. It's like too earnest sometimes. Oh yeah. You know yeah, that I get Canadian that. thing yeah. where they're like earnest and they're like, oh, it's because they're like nice and good. Right. And <laughs> their souls haven't been wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> so uh but as the seasons go on it gets better and it's very, very, very funny. It's very well written and the actors are amazing. Hmm. Um so I highly I highly recommend watching Kim's Convenience. They're like, it's nice because it's like a 20 minute comedy. And yeah. there's not that yeah. many of those. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Boy, um, everything's just inflated lately, hasn't it? Yes, it's insane. It's like everything requires a huge commitment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we yeah. have the time, but. Well, yeah. It doesn't mean I want to do it, though. <laughs> I've also been watching, still watching Star Trek. Uh, now I've been watching a little bit of Star Trek. Yeah, I'm in season two, I was, which I, I was think wondering. Is, I saw you make some references, and I was like, hey, "Now hold on." Yeah, I'm in season what do you mean? two, which I think is season one. I mean, is is not super great, obviously. <laughs> season one it's is the pretty much season. garbage. <laughs> but season two, where where Doctor Crusher is just gone, like also angers me because I'm like, yeah. "What the heck? She's a great character. What happened? <laughs> what it's did so you do?" Weird. 
Yeah. Although it does have some very good episodes. It has the episode uh, where they discover the Borg and all of that, which is a very bizarre episode, given that I'm used to how they normally deal with the Borg, which is to either try and kill them or run away immediately. But in this episode, they're just like, what a, huh? And so they're just very cautious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They just like let them come aboard and they're like, oh, cool. Hey. Yeah. Hey, friendo. Yeah. What are you doing? Try and stun him, I guess. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) if you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it gets, I think third season is where it really hits its stride. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and gets a little bit less, I don't know. So there's just some things that are just so dumb. (laughs) Right. So I, you know, I'm working my way through, I am skipping, like I'm looking at some of the episode like descriptions and there are some that I'm like, that sounds dumb. (laughs) So I'm just (laughs) skipping over them. Maybe I'm missing stuff, but you know, I'm trying to get the ones that's like, oh, that seems interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably some sort of watching guide somewhere. Someone, someone could point us to. Uh, if only someone had. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm of all of the th- the things that there's probably a guide for. Yeah, I think Star Trek be one. Probably. Um, probably. I also like a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I meant to bring it up because like everything that I see lately makes me think of this. So that's like a good sign. It's a documentary from like back in the earlier 2000s, I think, by Adam Curtis called uh, "Century of Self." Have you seen hmm. that? No, I haven't. I recommend it. It's on YouTube. Um, it's like it, it's a series, like a television. It was aired on television, so it's like several episodes, and it's fairly long if you want to watch it in one chunk. But um, hmm. interesting. I had like nothing to do on a rainy Saturday a couple weeks ago, and I watched it, and it's basically about um how like Western governments have purposefully created uh our system whereby we all think of ourselves as independent consumers and we're like atomized oh yeah i love to be an individual yeah we don't think about society and like (laughs) it was a very timely thing to have watched (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's coming up more and more lately yeah so speaking of consumers Mm -hmm. you wanted to do some uh Oh, yes. So, you know, I think I mentioned that I've been doing dark chocolate uh, taste testing. I've tried many dark chocolates, uh, many dark chocolates, um, uh, and I've gotten some new ones. So I uh-huh. think, you know, um, the one that I had been getting because it's reliable was the Whole Foods dark chocolate. That's pretty good. I like that a lot. A mm. um, couple weeks ago, I got the Godiva dark chocolate. Not good. Uh, just kind of bland not interesting nah. um, this week i got cadbury royal dark which is not mm-hmm. dark chocolate it's i'm sorry it's entirely too sweet to be dark chocolate it's, it's weird because it's like i it's feel like, like i got not as it's not a good version of their dairy milk it's like let's no. take our dairy milk and make it crappy yeah it's not good it dark. it's not good it's too sweet considering i was expecting dark chocolate i put in my mouth i was like ooh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's bad. I don't like it. Get it out of here. Um, something that I got just today and has uh, shot to the top of the power rankings, Lint 72% dark. Very good. Mm. I would say on par or better than the Whole Foods dark chocolate. Quite good. I mean, you would expect that naturally. It comes in like paperboard. That's how you know it's good. 
<laughs> it's so. got like foil uh, stuff on the wrapper, you know. Right, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's very elegant. So that's my, yeah. And, you know, I'm probably going to continue uh, to see what I can get my hands on. Uh, can I give you some recommended? Oh, please. Rex to try. Um, let's. I saw Girardelli at the store, but I only wanted to buy one bar. So I set yeah. that aside for now. Girardelli. I, that's probably how you type it. How you spell it. Um, Kofefe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is probably my favorite. Uh, green and black. Huh. Or is it green green and blacks? Let's see. Chocolate. It is green and blacks chocolate. Green and blacks. Ooh, they British. have a pretty dark one that's like a it's like in the eighties. Yeah, it looks like eighty five percent. Yeah. Yeah. That interestingly, the quality is so good on that. Hmm. Um that it it almost it tastes as dark as the Lint 72. Interesting. But it's like creamier. It's, I don't know. I, I really highly enjoy it. Mm. In the, mm. And it's like a bit, it's a thicker yeah. piece. So I don't know. It, it works differently in, in, in your, uh, in your mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, crap. What, what was the other one I was going to suggest? Have you I done have the had... lint with sea salt? No, I haven't. I did see that, but I was not sure if that was dark chocolate or milk chocolate because it doesn't specify. It's dark chocolate. It's not. Okay, I think it's maybe only like 70% dark or something. Well, that's fine. That's what I have now. Yeah, but it's the sea salt flakes in there. It's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, yeah. very much suggest it. Also, probably we'll get some from the brand of Choco Love because I've had some of their unrelated chocolate products before. Choco Love. Choco Love. Indeed. I don't know. I just really wanted to get. I just keep wanting to to smack that pony. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> Um, you know, in these, uh, troubled times, mm-hmm. it's really comforting to, to see the, the great tweets going on. There are so many great tweets. In fact, as I tweeted, uh, today as we record this, I said, uh, everyday Twitter introduces me to new and unimaginable horrors. <laughs> it really does. Yep. Oh. And so, yeah, here we are. Um, this one you've 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 uh, issued that you've etched into our document. I have is a, yeah. a, a whopper. It is. It's a big one. Uh, it's under the heading. If only someone had mentioned this before. And it is a tweet this one, by this one. Uh, as soon as as soon as I read it, I'm just like, it's dark in there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tweet by uh, Vox's uh, Ezra Klein, who ha- who says uh, this is. Uh, April 9th, 2020, that this tweet was issued. And he says, America's employer-based healthcare system is a disaster and always has been, and the coronavirus will make it much worse. It's time to build something better. And I simply have to say, The results have been incredible. (laughs) Wow. If only someone had been talking this whole time about how bad our healthcare system was. Because this was, bear in mind, this is, 
<laughs> he tweeted this like the day after Bernie dropped out. What? The, what yeah. is the? And the article is entitled "It's Time to Move Past Employer-Based Health Insurance." It's like wonderful timing, absolutely flawless timing. The gall, this, the, like, yeah, we can read this, Ezra. Yeah, I know. We can it's read like this. It's hard not to read it. As it's like, do you think that we're this stupid? Like, do you literally think we're idiots? <laughs> you think we won't connect some dots here? Like, Just like, excuse me. Yeah. Very I, bad. It's, it's very. There's, there's, there's just been so. There's been that. <sighs> meanwhile, Matt Iglesias has been on an absolute tear. Um, just about maddying. about unity and uh, things like that. Which you know, good luck with that. Thank you, Matt, for your input. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Next, as yeah. they say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the the this <laughs> seeing all oh, these gosh. people wilding out on Twitter. Um, and in the news when I rarely watch it or just, just, it's really, this kind of goes on the heels of my, like, you can just unfollow, but like I issued a tweet, uh, was like a day ago and I said, enjoying the new minimalist open space in my brain where the list of people I should take seriously used to be. And it's, yeah, it really does free up a lot of mental space when you get rid of that. So many people from my brain, like RM dash RF slash pundits. Yeah. Like I see these people saying anything and it's just like, like I, I read Twitter and I'm just scrolling and I'm not looking at anything they have to say. Cause I'm like, skip, skip, skip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I don't know. It, it's remarkable how many, I don't know. Like with like Matt Iglesias and other people, it's like, please keep tweeting because all you, that you're revealing is that you're a complete moron. And I appreciate that more people will realize it the more you tweet. So, yeah, seriously, just thank you. Thank you for your service in all yeah. actuality, you know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. And and the thing is, like, uh, it's interesting going through this because I'm sure there are people that, that are just like, uh, well, you know, welcome to the party. Like, <laughs> right. How have you not learned this lesson by now? But like, you know, I really only started paying like being super active in the discourse in maybe like 2015, Mm -hmm. you know, before that I had kind of shied away from it. Yeah. So a lot of these people, I hadn't seen them the, all the other times they'd completely shown their asses, like on the Iraq war or Mm -hmm. on the financial crisis or on um, yeah, it's like, you know, I had an inkling that these people were stupid, but I didn't I, I didn't I didn't have a way to confirm that. But now people are digging it up and it's like, oh, OK, yeah, my suspicion was correct. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so it's cool because it's like now I don't have to care about what like anytime someone throws something by by these turds my way, I can just be like, lol. Yeah, well, and it's nice to also know that, like, I have a well-calibrated uh, sensor for this kind of BS, where it's like, yeah. no, I don't think. Because you, you kind of doubt yourself, like, because you, you want to be, you want to be open-minded, right? Like, that's, that's the path that they, ab- they abuse, that's the way they use to, like, manipulate oh, yeah. you into listening to them. Yeah. Like, they play on your sense of decency and fairness. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe you know, I'll give, maybe I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like, no, no, they, mm-mm. 
they flipped the bozo bit, you know? It's like, ah. <laughs> flipped the bozo bit is a pretty good way of describing it. Yeah. So anyhow, um, all of you guys are leaving my brain. Um, it's nice. It's, it's palatial and spacious. There's an echo in there now. Yeah. I love it. A lot of room. Yeah. I mean, are you going to, what are you going to do? You're going to rehab, maybe expand the kitchen a little bit or something. Go with the open plan. Yeah. I don't know. I might just do the Steve Jobs thing where I just have like a a lamp, like a lamp, (laughs) and I sit on the floor. Yeah. Well, you know, you could do that. Um. Okay, you put this in here. I'm very uh uh interested in this. This is like a a thought I've had a lot recently. Um, because a lot of a lot of I don't know why this would occur to you lately. (laughs) <laughs> a, a lot of the arguments going on lately come down to this thing of like lesser of two evils or well this is progress you know are you going to sacrifice progress in the name of your idealism mm-hmm. or something like that right um and this is an argument that that gets is getting made since time immemorial but like um the some some like a realization I had recently was like very clear idea that like better is not the same as good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just because something's not as bad as something else, that doesn't make it acceptable. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Getting your hand chopped off or your foot chopped off, like neither of those are great. Like those or are it's both more like pretty bad. Getting your foot chopped off versus getting your toes chopped off. Yeah, what do you choose? Right. I choose not. Yeah, I choose to not. <laughs> I choose not. <laughs> like, well, you can't. You can't choose that. It's like, well, why not? <laughs> so then, there's there's this um, tweet that was going around. That's like an example of this, mm-hmm. and it's by known union buster Jenk Booger. Oh yeah, that guy. Who's uh, the 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 Turkey Turks? The I heard the Turks. union busted him actually. So did they? Know. Yeah. Indeed, they recognize the union. The results have been incredible. (laughs) We love it. I like it. So, what? What sank? uh, How do you say his last name? I forgot. No, I just keep saying booger. Oh, I think it's Jink. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I don't want to sank. The thing. The thing that he he tweeted. He tweeted the. He retweeted this opinion piece from the New York Times, and he said, one of the things establishment Democrats do a million times better than Donald Trump is competence. In an emergency, you don't want Bozo the Clown in charge. You want a grown-up. Cuomo and Joe Biden are competent managers when we really need it. Those are the two worst examples I think you could pick for competent Democrats. Like, I can think of, like, off the top of my head, probably five more more yeah. competent those Democrats are actually than the really ones bad listed. examples. Yeah. Like, I don't want to I mean, help out your argument, but like, I mean like Gavin Newsom, maybe or like <laughs> Jay Inslee or even my governor. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So there's plenty of like corporate shield Democrat that, that you could have used an example, but, um, it's just, yeah. it's just an example of like, well, what's competent? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah like was go back let's think about let's think about let's like make a quick list 
of all the like top issues facing us today, climate change, um, wealth inequality. Well, listen, we're um, not going to do any of those things, but the Democrats are going to not do any of those things more competently than the Republicans are. Yeah, like they're not like what what examples do we have? The, let's look at um our wars like drone wars. Yeah. OK, Obama was more competent at at drone wars than but not really like he was made. He was like just as bad, if not mm-hmm. worse. Like how many innocent people died under under his competent management? Like, I don't know. It's just insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know who had a good uh, um, things to say on this was AOC, who was interviewed by the New York Times for a piece that came out uh, today as we record this. I don't know if you were able, if you have been able to I, read this or not, but it's very I good. I have not read this from the failing New York Times. Yeah. Uh, well, the first question is, I guess my first question is simple. Has the Biden campaign reached out to you? Answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but what she talks about is, you know, they try to pin her down and be like, are you going to endorse or campaign for Joe Biden? And, you know, she's cagey about it, but she explains why she says, I've always said I will support the Democratic nominee, but unity is a process and figuring out what that looks like is part of the whole this whole conversation. Um, And she's basically saying that, like, you know, unity, as she likes to say, it it should get the people involved uncomfortable. That includes, uh, um, you know, Biden's side as well. Um, Yeah, it's not just like a one way thing. You know what I mean? That's right. not a bargain. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. But what she, I have to find, I'm trying to find the exact quote that she had here. Oh, yes. Yeah. She says, I guess I'm asking you, is there something you're looking for? Is there a difference between voting for him or campaigning for him? What are the range of possibilities or your relationship with the Democratic nominee in the next month? And she said, beating Donald Trump is a matter of life or, life or death for our communities. I think it's a difference between making an argument for harm reduction and making the argument for there's actually going to be progress made for us. What I want to do is to be able to go out and say, this is the plan for us, but it's hard to do that if there's no plan for us. Yeah, it's pretty succinct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing is, you know, it's like, um, yeah, like he's not really she talks about how his whole thing of trying to lower the medicare age to 60 is actually insulting because hillary planned to lower it to 50 so like what like Progress. what even they're not yeah they're not even really trying uh yeah you know? but it's so, better andrew it's better oh you're right it is better <laughs> it's better so we just have to accept it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I I feel like we've just sort of like, I think the issue, this kind of goes into our next topic. So, um, but I think the issue is like, we've kind of like, we've crossed the Rubicon. We've kind of like passed this threshold where we've all seen who's at play. We've all seen the man behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. We all know the wizard isn't of Oz isn't real. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like there's no going back. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> yeah. You can't, uh, you know. Yeah. You can't put the uh, the bottle has been opened. You can't put the stuff back into it. 
Yeah, the genie, as it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. you you put this article. I guess this is like the this kind of dovetails into this. Yeah, this is from uh, a noted uh, sage of the internet, Drew Magari. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think it's anyway, Magari. Yeah, he used to write for Deadspin. Now he writes for uh, several other outlets. But this is uh, entitled "No One Should Want a Return to Normalcy." Uh, the point of which, as we've been saying, is that normal for a while has been, you know, like if we snap our fingers and go back to like 2016, that's still not great for a lot of people. Uh, and we should not be aiming to merely go back to normal. Cause what does that mean? That means that, you know, like if we could snap our fingers and, you know, immediately undo coronavirus and all that, that would still mean that there would be hundreds of thousands of people who don't have paid sick leave and who don't have, you know, health insurance and whose health insurance is tied to jobs that are precarious and, you know, who don't have savings for a rainy day and all that stuff. And like, that's not the sort of thing that we should be aiming to go back to. It's like an incredibly low bar. But wouldn't it be nice no to going point. back to a uh, a situation where we can we can be like, yeah, something should be done about Flint, mm-hmm. and then nothing happens. But like, at least we all agree that something should happen, right? Yeah, we have all come together and agreed that uh, we've agreed to issue a statement. <laughs> they should have water. Yeah, we all agree <laughs> that they should have clean water. What we disagree on is the implementation. <laughs> It's just insane. It's like, what's yeah. wrong with people? Like, come on, give me a break. Mm-hmm. I don't take anytime people say back to normal. That's just like another, that's another like, oh, probably going to delete this person from my mind palace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this so, is the thing, you know, he talks about, it's like, there's no one to turn to at this point either. Cause you can't look to the Democrats and you can't look to the GOP. And, you know, you can't look, you can't even look like to historical figures from the past. Like you can't even look at Barack Obama because he's just, I mean, what does he even do these days apart from intervening in primary elections? Uh, I love this line. He's like, you, of course, can tweet if you like. Lord knows I do. It's all useless. If they're smart enough to siphon trillions of dollars into the treasury to only the richest among us, they're smart enough to know how to use a mute button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even turn to journalists because the only journalists uh working in the political climate now are all doing access journalism which means that they will not hold people in power accountable because that undermines their access to them so it's great it's all great yeah. we love it yeah the, the 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 politicians will just go to the newspaper and be like <gasps> change that and then the editorial yeah. board will be like okay the, we'll it just says, change reality that we've reported on. <laughs> his takeaway is, is in this one line, the most powerful country in the world is also the stupidest. And I think about that uh, on like a daily basis now as we're confronted by new ways that we've managed to become incompetent uh, or display incompetence related to the coronavirus, you know, whether it be like, oh, testing is plateauing again or, you know, we're massively undercounting the amount of people who have died or you know it's like america isn't really a functioning country (laughs) yeah it's not 
It's not going to get back. The sooner that you get it into your head that things are not, that things are going to be weird. We have to build something new. It's going to be weird for a while and we have to build something new from it. We cannot, there is no way to, we, there's no make America great again. Like there's no going back. It's like that, that whole idea is just get it out of your head. Right. I mean, we don't, yeah, our country, like the federal government is not really doing very much right now and that they're not, you know, it's just, we, so many years of like chipping away at the government and the budget and, you know, um, partially because Republicans explicitly wanting to basically destroy the government and Democrats going along with it, but not explicitly saying it means that we just don't really have a functioning state that is able to handle a crisis like the one that now confronts us. Like this is the thing is we had a toolbox with a lot of tools on it and we've thrown all but two of the tools out uh, and it's a screw. It's a Phillips head and a flathead screwdriver. And we need to, you know, like weld something (laughs) with those things. Yeah. So it's like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. You got to make some new tools. Okay. Indeed. You got to build that toolbox back up. Mm hmm. And, and like, while all this is going on, see, see, I, I woke up this morning to let my dog out and then to go back, back to bed, bed. Cause I wasn't feeling well. And I, tr- every morning when I let her out, I like turn on the TV and I turn it on to CNN to see like what is being like, what, what's happening right now. You know, it's usually mm-hmm. around like 5am. So, um, I, I, I let her out to go to the bathroom and I kind of watch it for like a couple minutes and it's like, Oh, there's just like tornadoes just like killing people all over the, yep. the Southeast. Like it's great. <laughs> and like in any other time, this would have been like a huge major story, but it's just like happening. And then mm-hmm. also the pandemic and then right. Yeah. All, like all of this crazy stuff is going yeah, it's on. It's like, and- well, I'd love to care about that as well, but I'm full up. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 the thing that I think about this whole return to normalcy idea is that like I I re- I distinctly remember the first the first time in a long time where I was super tuned into the news of what was going on and it was when all the Black Lives Matter stuff erupted like mm-hmm. um in in uh St. Louis particularly, I think. And I I or maybe it was first it was in Louisiana. Oh, I'm losing track of everything. But I remember sitting there in in my lazy boy and I was like supposed to be going to something. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to sit here and watch and see what's going on. And just feeling like this sense of like, this has been going on. I've known in theory that this is what's been going on. But now it like really hits me that mm-hmm. like, Cops are just like out here killing black people all the time. Yep. And that happened while while we had a democratic president. Mm-hmm. And it was in his second term that this was going on and things were boiling over. And it was just like that was like I was still a Republican at that time. Right. and like that was probably the big event that like precipitated me like lunging leftward right Mm -hmm. and and uh i think about so when people say back to normal it's like back to that yeah 
Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that the, the normal doesn't work for lots of people. No, no. Well, and then like you know, at least they're. I don't know. It, it's some part of me, and I've said this before, but it's like it seems sick and twisted to say that I don't want things to kind of like just ease back into our complacent place Mm -hmm. because there's so much possibility in front of us. There's so much opportunity to do things better Mm -hmm. if we just take it, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and to me, that's like exciting to think about all of the things that we can do. And, Indeed, and, yes. and all of the opportunities that we have to, to sort of make a better world. <laughs> but you got to do something, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's yep. funny because I saw, the, so one of the funniest things I saw on Twitter lately was uh, someone said, if you really want to get these Biden supporters, ask them if they'll phone bank. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't. They refuse to. Yeah, because the, the yeah. whole point of them supporting Joe Biden is that they support him so that they don't have to be involved, so they don't have to work. Right. Yeah, because they he's think like it'll the be magic choice. Yeah. Yeah. And but they want the Bernie the Bernie people to come on board so that they can do all the groundwork. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. it's like it's a weird electoral version of class where it's like all of the the managers and the owners need the working class to come on board to do the work to actually make it happen and they know it because mm-hmm. they're, and they're they not going to but they can't they're not going to compromise their own you know beliefs enough yeah and they're to, not going to admit to it they're going to like try to degrade you rather rather than trying to compromise they're just trying to browbeat everyone else into submission and be like well no you have to you must <laughs> yeah it's it's funny how i didn't realize that until I- yeah <laughs> Look, it says here in the big book of rules that you have to do it. (laughs) Um, speaking of the big book of rules. Oh, big book of rules. Uh, the (laughs) postal service, which is a very good band. (laughs) Oh, is that what we're talking about? I, well, you know, I will. Yeah, no, it's a good band, but it's also a good government agency. Um, I, you know, I know a lot of people have a lot of complaints with the postal service, um, mainly that they bring spam to your door, which is unfortunate. Um, I admit, Listen, but I wish they brought spam to my door. Mm. Like, actual <laughs> spam. It, I, I've had the, I've wanted spam. The results have been so incredible. <laughs> I've wanted spam Musubi so bad and it took uh, me forever to find. So I finally found spam. Yeah. But, um, uh, but, you know, I, this is one of the things where I think a lot of people who express, you know, their displeasure with the Postal Service don't realize how much of that is, like, a created problem. Which is to say, it's not like the Postal Service is naturally that way, it's that it's been forced to be that way. And, you know, so the topic that is happening lately is that the Postal Service basically needs a whole bunch of money, um, and it seems like the Trump administration is not going to give them the money that they need. Um, And of course, everyone's like, well, why do they need, you know, why are they in such dire financial straits? They must be mismanaged. And the answer is, yes, they've been mismanaged by lawmakers, uh, not by their own actual management. Um, Right. What with having to pre-fund benefits, which, you know, and all of that. 
which has been an incredible drain on their their um you know overall financial returns but also you know people say oh well the postal service you know doesn't make a profit and it should be required to make a profit and all this stuff or we should privatize it you know and instead give it to you know like have ups and fedex do those things because i guess people like ups and fedex more um but of course the point of the post office is not that it's supposed to make a profit it's supposed to provide universal service at a consistent national cost so the idea is that you know wherever in the wherever in the country you're sending a letter or parcel to or from first of all it is possible to send that there and secondly it costs the same you know at least for letters regardless of where you are and where you're sending it to that's the yeah. benefit of it that's the entire point. It's in the national interest to have that kind of system and to subsidize it appropriately. To me, to me, the whole thing is like saying, why do I need water, a water utility? Why do I need water pipes to my house when I can just go buy all kinds of water? Yeah, like I can just go uh, and, and all kinds buy of bottled, water. bottled water. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's <laughs> it's not, like, it's not the, the same point. thing, is it? Like, yeah. Just because they're similar does not mean they're the same. Like you you need that reliable, simple thing in place for everything else to function on top of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there was a very bad tweet here from some random dude, some blue check mark on Twitter, a conservative raconteur, nonconformist and out of the box thinker. Um who said uh, USPS, FedEx, and UPS are basically the same size, but USPS pays no taxes and costs the taxpayers billions each year, which I guess is a bad thing, but also that's literally the point. The reason the USPS <laughs> doesn't pay taxes is because it is a government agency. Um, and he puts in here that FedEx pays $15 billion in taxes. Uh, was later mentioned by people in the replies that, in fact, FedEx paid $0 in taxes last year. Um, due to some money, you know, moving around that they did. Uh, so that's great. Um, so yeah, you know, his idea is just let the UPS collapse and let FedEx and UPS pick up the slack. Um, and I can't wait to be charged, uh, $4 to send a letter. Um, that'll be great. We'll love that. Um, but also, you know, the well, to go with that, the UP, UPS and FedEx do not have the infrastructure for uh, last mile delivery that USPS does because they do not necessarily support universal service. Uh, you know, they don't, right. they don't have postal. They don't have post offices in Watonga, Oklahoma. Right. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't they don't they don't fly prop planes out to the middle of nowhere in Alaska to, you know, provide mail for those people. Like that's the yeah. thing is USPS is the carrier, the only carrier for some of these people in various parts of the country. And, yeah. uh, but because there's a lot of people who don't like getting mail or don't use the mail. And so they're like, well, if I don't need it, then no one else needs it. So just get rid of it. And it's very dumb. I don't like it. I think the Postal Service uh, should be funded. Uh, we should get rid of the stupid rule that it has to pre-fund its pension obligations because literally no one else has to do that. And I also think that we should have postal banking. That's my that's my three-step proposal. The, but of course, the, I mean, the thing is, the Republicans have wanted to privatize the USPS for some time now because they just don't want 
the government to do something it's weird though like why now like why i think just because there is this opportunity now it's all like shock doctrine crap right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all like, oh well, everything's while well, everything's going crazy. Let's see. Th- this is the thing that drives me nuts about this. Like what I was saying about how there's tremendous opportunity. They recognize it. Yeah, yeah. The right exactly. recognizes the opportunity. Well, in, the, in this and case, going, they're pissing themselves with joy over all the opportunities to to get their agenda to do things that they've wanted to do forever. And meanwhile, the left is just like sitting here tut-tutting everybody like it's uh, yeah well and <laughs> this is why we lose too, this, I mean, why this we lose. is this is also partially about trump just disliking jeff bezos because amazon is one of amazon or one of the postal service's largest customers if not its largest customer right and Trump doesn't like Jeff Bezos, so he's just going to, like, kill the USPS to... But it's like, why is that? It's because we haven't exercised any of our monopoly powers, you know, our, right. our antitrust powers. It's <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a remedy to some of that, but it's yeah. not to just destroy the Postal Service. Other people are saying that, like, oh, we're going to get rid of the Postal Service so that we can, like, destroy vote by mail. I think that that's attributing... I, I don't... Honestly, I think... That's like a, a neat side bonus, but I don't think that's the main purpose of it's this It's too clever by half, I think. Yeah, it's like, I don't think that, no, nah, that's a little too complicated. Like, they're honestly not that smart. They just have wanted to get rid of the post office for a long time. I think it's like a nice benefit, though. Like, a, a, what? Are, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I, but this is the thing, you know, the, I, I, I get annoyed about this with the post office and also Amtrak, which are, they're both like, you know, government entities that are run like corporations. And so they have these expectations placed onto them. It's like, oh, well, they should turn a profit. And it's like, no, they're government, they're government services. They don't need to turn a profit. That's the point. There are certain things that we pay for. We don't expect to make a profit because we agree that it's a thing that we should just pay for. Right, right. You if know, everything has to turn a profit, yeah, I don't know. You're getting down to like real basic, like do these people like just not believe? I mean, look, it comes back. To everyone, please go this watch is, well, Century of Self because yeah. like people cannot envision anything outside their immediate little world. Right. I mean, and they yeah, can't envision that. Like, what? Okay, it's like people who don't understand libraries. Okay, what are poor people supposed to do? about um being able to get on the internet being able to like look up things like say they need to repair something because they can't afford to to have it yeah you you take for granted how are they going to learn how to do that (laughs) like poor poor people don't have access to all the things that you have access to and like it's such a myopic small worldview to like not understand that having these universal services in place and there's some people who don't understand that and there's some people who do understand that and just don't care i mean there's there's the the guiding uh you know ideology of the republican party since like the 1980s has basically been that the government should basically be dismantled as much as possible so it's like oh here's a useful service the government provides that people actually use well we should get rid of that because that's not that's not government's job you know quote unquote 
Well, then the but thing it's that stupid in this nuts- case because it's literally written into the Constitution. So <laughs> you can't really say like, well, what the founding fathers actually intended was that we would have a robust uh, private system with multiple carriers all competing for business. It's like, no, no, they listen, wrote in that the post office is the only one that's allowed to carry mail. <laughs> listen, as a constitutionalist. And our originalist, <laughs> I understand that the country that our founders wanted was one where everybody had an Uzi and nobody could send mail for free. Right. That's exactly what That's they literally, wanted. literally, yeah. Listen, it's right here in the book. Can't you see that? I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.